Saturday morning, and welcome to the Joy of Gardening by Estabrooks. I'm Tom Estabrook, your host, on another perfect Saturday morning. You know, this this is just unbelievable. Okay, if you think about six, seven, eight months ago, it was really cold, snowy, terrible. What a summer we're having to make up for it. I mean, this is just perfect. A little bit of rain at night. Some thunderstorms, you know, maybe a tornado or two, you know, but we've had some some volatile weather, obviously, but man, day after day, it is just beautiful, absolutely beautiful, and what a growing season. Now, that's not saying that we haven't had a bunch of problems, so I know you've got problems out there, so give me a call, 775-1310 or 877-393-8255. We're here to answer all your questions. If you don't want to be on air, just give Debbie the question. She'll ask it, and we'll we'll kind of go on from there. But, man, what an amazing, amazing year. I mean, business has been great. Customers are happy. Their yards are amazing. The flowers have lasted unbelievable you know, everything from spring all the way through summer. You know, we've had cooler temperatures. We've had a few days that have been really hot and humid, but I'm still out there gardening. You know, I, I mean, the hottest days, I pick my spots, but it has really been a gardening year. My vegetable garden is doing wonderful. Now, we'll talk more about that a little later in the show because I have some problems that are showing up in my garden, too. And there's been a lot of questions about my tomatoes. You know, we've talked about that the last couple weeks. Tomato blight out there. But there's a whole host of other things that are kind of kind of showing up on tomatoes too. It's really relevant, you know, to all of the heat and humidity. You know, two or three days of heat and humidity. Thunderstorms, then cool weather, then heat and humidity. We're in that cycle where fungus is just going crazy. And it's the last weekend for Scarborough. Kind of bittersweet, to be perfectly honest. We've been there seven years. We've made a lot of friends, uh, great customers, very loyal, feel extremely fortunate. You know, our family has been kind of talking about this, and it's bittersweet. You know, we, we, we lost our lease, you know, for folks that don't know kind of the story behind why we're closing. Um, we had we have the store lease through October and just made a, a, a business decision that why hold on all summer long when, you know, August can be a little slower and fall kind of, you know, slows up a bit. So let's just kind of clean up now and, and uh, move forward. You know, we're always looking for new opportunities, but... It's kind of nice to put this chapter. We knew we weren't going to continue on this site uh, after talking with the the city of Scarborough. Uh, there was some challenges traffic wise, uh, exit in and out, and any anybody who shops at this store knows it can be a little bit dangerous. Um, and you know we feel very fortunate that uh, we've been there seven years. The site has worked well for us, but it's time to move on. And we've searched out some other opportunities and nothing's really uh, worked correctly for us. Uh, and we're not going to expand without putting, you know, our business in a good situation. So we obviously will still have Kennebunk and, and Yarmouth. And it's surprising, you know, as soon as you kind of put it out there that you're closing a store, everybody's like, oh no, what's wrong? We're perfectly fine, folks. 
we're not going to miss Scarborough. We're going to just keep plugging along. Everything's fine. The business is fine. It's just another bump in the road when it comes to business. You know, you come and go. And, uh, you know, I wish Bruce, the owner of the property, the best. Uh, He's been a great landlord and really would love to sell the property. He's ready to retire and do his own thing, and I don't blame him. You know, we all have to make choices, uh, and it's not like he's pushing us out. He's been very upfront about all of that, and we just feel grateful, you know. Um, if you're a customer of Scarborough and want to call in and talk to us today, that would be great, too. You know, 775-1310 or 877-393-8255. But there's been a lot of other questions, you know, people calling the store, When's everything going 50% off? When's everything going 60% off? It's not, folks. Okay, I want to nip that in the bud. 40% is as low as we're going. It is what it is. There's still a lot of good stuff. We just shipped four more truckloads of product in there on Wednesday and Thursday. So we haven't just stopped doing business. We've taken some of our overstock items. We've been shipping stuff in from the other stores that were maybe a little heavier on. We've been cycling them through. The other good thing is the other two stores are 30% off now. Okay. So we're giving you a little incentive there too, but there are some great deals to be had. You know, a lot of spring blooming items. There's some beautiful lilacs that are there. There's a lot of iris, peonies, You know, a whole bunch of things that are just in the Scarborough store. For instance, peonies. We shipped every single peony we had in all three stores to Scarborough two weeks ago. And so they've been selling like hotcakes just because it's past time for peonies. So we wanted to special them out. It's not that they're bad. They might have a little beat up foliage or whatnot. But you need to think about when you're buying sale plants, you're really buying the root system. You're buying the plant for next year. So if the top growth doesn't look perfect, it's completely fine. You're buying that nice heavy root system that's going to bulk up over the summer months. It's still going to put on a bunch of growth. And summer planting of perennials is a great way to go. You're really not looking for blooms. You're looking for roots. Okay? So think about it in those terms. So again, Sunday at 6 o'clock. Tomorrow, we're closed. We're closed forever in Scarborough. Bittersweet. I do want to say thank you, though, time and time and time again. It's been a great run. But let's talk a little bit more about some of the things that are going on. And let's face it, Japanese beetles are going crazy out there. I've had some problems in my yard uh, on a few things specifically. My Nissa sylvatica that I've talked about time and time again, the plant that I thought was dead as a doornail this spring, has fully leafed out, fully beautiful, Red foliage, but the Japanese beetles have been going crazy, crazy on it. So, you know, during the middle of the day, some days when I'm I'm home for lunch and I'm watering, I'll just spray it down with a hose and knock them off. I haven't been spraying it. I, I, I haven't needed to. But, you know, we have a question from a customer, which I think, you know, is is really fitting for this topic. And the question is, Japanese beetles are eating my linden tree. I don't want to spray At what point should I consider the Japanese beetles are hurting it to a point where I need to spray for the health of the tree? This is a classic, you know, example of risk and reward. You know, um, on your bigger trees, you know, we always, 
I guess we're more concerned about flowers a lot of times when it comes to Japanese beetles. But with bigger trees, there is a point at which we will really stress a tree if it gets defoliated too much. Lindens are very commonly defoliated. Sometimes cherries, other plants really get attacked heavily. So my general rule of thumb is when you approach 50% of leaf, you know, destruction, I guess I could say it, you know, I mean, obviously they look like Swiss cheese. If it's just a little bit of the new growth, I'm not so concerned about that. But when you start to see, it's real evident that you can start seeing through the crown. That concerns me. And I'll tell you why it concerns me. It's not so much that they're eating the leaves. It's the stress on the plant, okay? It is summer. It's July and August. It's hot. The plant is getting taken for a lot of its nutrients to store in the fall. And we're stressing it at the worst time of year when you're not only going to have other insects attack the tree, but maybe disease is going to start, you know, because you've got these leaves that have been chewed on. Now you've got tattered leaves starting to rot. So it it's kind of, it's the other things that might happen. So here's a couple tips. Like I said, you take the hose and just spray them off of there in the middle of the day. Now, what does that do? Sends them someplace else. It might be on another tree in your yard. It might be on some flowers. It might, But sometimes you just need to protect that one plant that's really hurting and kind of let some of the other plants take a little bit more of the abuse. The other thing is maybe we do need to spray. Maybe we need to use something. So you need to kind of judge that and what your comfort level is. Now, we're not always home, but the peak of the day is when the most feeding happens with Japanese beetles. Now, I don't want you to take that Japanese beetle bag and hang it right off the tree. That's not going to work. You're going to end up doing more damage than good, okay? So, it's a catch-22. You've got to know your comfort level. You've got to watch your plants for stress. Water always is key in this situation, if you have some plants that are stressed or, or need some help, give me a call, 775-1310 or 877-393-8255. Milky spore is another, you know, we've talked about it. You know, it's the same with the, the grub controls. When they fly, it's time to apply. Just remember that, okay? Now, milky spore, I recommend every year or every other year. Now, there's a, a label on the bag that says, oh, it's guaranteed for 10 years. Prove how you can prove that that is still working over the 10 years, okay? So a whole bunch of things you really need to kind of consider. I like Milky Spore. It does work, but it needs to be reapplied more often than the bag sets, okay? With our cold temperatures up here, it has to be done. And we've got Alan on the phone. Alan, how are you today? Good morning, Alan. Hello, Alan. I think, I think we... it's Rachel you might be waiting for. Oh, is it Rachel? It is. Hey, Rachel, how are you? Sorry. Uh, that's all right. What can I do for you today? Oh, we lost Rachel. Rachel, if you're still listening, give us a call back. We had a little bit of a problem there. Um, so with Japanese beetles... There's a couple different things I wanted to talk about. Now, if we start getting into spraying on some of our plants, we need to think about the summer heat. 
some major concern, okay? Summer heat with sprays, you can burn a lot of your plants, okay? So when we're talking sprays, we're talking neem oils. We're talking a whole bunch of different oils, which can really be a concern, okay? This is the one thing I wanted to talk about. Now, when we're talking summer spraying, on some of these plants that can be really, really hot out. You know, we've had those 95-degree days. Well, maybe not quite that hot, but 90, 85, hot, humid. I can remember my grandfather and great-grandfather using dust. Everybody goes, oh, who uses dust anymore? Gosh, this is, you know, this is the reason you use dust, okay? Now, when I say dust, you know, we've got seven, we've got eight, we've got Captain Jacks, so organic and synthetic options, but the reason you use dust is they don't damage plants in heat. So that's why a lot of the old timers still use dust in their vegetable gardens and or on their plants. Okay? When it's that hot, hot time frame, you have the opportunity to use dust. Okay? And we have Rachel back on the line. Rachel, how are you today? Good morning. I apologize for my phone on that one. It happens. Well, um, good. I have, <laughs> I have several spirea planted in my yard, but yes. all of the dots red spirea went from starting out with green foliage to turning a maroonish. They flowered, they still declined, and now they're all basically brown and drying up, and the shrub looks dead from afar. Okay. And I don't know. They did have a lot of aphids. Okay. But I don't know if it's spider mites or... Okay. It happens every year. This was the worst year. Okay. So every year they kind of go dormant early and brown up like this? Uh, I don't even... I. I don't even if I call it going dormant, they just seem to decline and go brown. So okay, they, but but they come back every year. Yes, I'm sorry, they do. Okay, so it's going dormant for some reason. Okay, and and what I say by dormant is it's going into its rest period early because of some stressors. So let's kind of back up. Okay, tell me about your soil first off. It, they're planted in various places throughout the yard, so I would say it's. Average well-draining soil. Okay, is it real sandy? Um, I, in some areas, possibly, and in, in some others, that they might not get as much one of their backup to uh, foundation. Okay, so they, they probably don't get the the watering like they normally would from Mother Nature. Okay, okay. But in other places, it's decent soil uh, planted with other flowers and and shrubs. And how old are the plants? Probably ten years old. Oh gosh, they're they're nice and nice and established then, and yes. and, and this is a, a common reoccurring problem for you, right? Yes, I, I they leaf out green, and then as the season goes, as soon as the aphids start to come out in the yard, uh, they get pummeled with aphids. Mm-hmm. But um, I didn't think the aphids would turn the foliage discolored. Okay. Um, Okay. I don't know if I've got one thing working against me or a couple different Well, things. you have a couple things. Okay. Um, are you doing anything for the aphids? No, I was hoping Mother Nature would, and the lady, ladybugs would kind of help out on that. Okay. It's obvious that it's not. Okay. The aphids mm-hmm. are overrunning the plants. And what you're probably finding is the aphid infestation gets really heavy, and you're having that problem year after year after year. So we need to break that cycle with the aphids. A small amount of aphids on the new tips is not a big concern, but when they completely cover the plant, it's taking so much away from the plant that you get a secondary problem, which is sooty mildew, and you probably get a a blackened kind of brown look to them, 
and they shrivel up and kind of you know waste away. And what that is is that's secondary to the damage. So what happens is the aphid is sucking the nutrients and the and the out of the out of the plant and it secretes the sticky substance. And the sooty mildew grows on that. And what happens is then the leaves get fungal, and so and then they kind of waste away. Although it doesn't kill the plant, they bounce back next year because spirea are just a resilient plant and and very easy when it comes to a landscape plant. But I think that's what we need to do is break the aphid cycle. You won't get the, the sooty mildew, and, and then you'll probably find all summer long the plant will do very well. Uh, water once a week, you know, in those dry areas in July and August will help. Uh, have you been watering at all? I haven't added any supplemental water. Okay. Just what Mother Nature's provided. Right. Probably if you were supplementally watering, the likelihood is they'd probably try to relief, you know, okay. because we still have two or three months of growing season left. Uh, but I think where you have the sodium mildew and, and whatnot, we need to treat the aphids. There's there's no way around it. Now, we can use a, a, just a horticultural oil would work, you know, or a, a neem oil, which are more organic type products. Uh, Captain Jack's would be another one. Aphids are very easily taken care of, so you don't have to use a lot that's really harsh uh, to, to take care of them. Is the sooty mildew, does that also mask, a, can it look like the leaves are turning maroon and then spotted and stippled and then it just that's overtaking the leaf and then it just turns brown? Yeah, I mean that could also be some black spot or some other things that are, you know, it doesn't necessarily just have to be sooty mildew. It could be other fungal problems that are attacking the plant too. I so, think the maroon look to it is the yeah. is a water stress. It's saying I need more water. Do they wilt really hard at any point? Uh, not that I've noticed. They just seem to once those aphids move in, uh, the plant starts to look very stressed. Yeah, I think that's probably what's happening. Is the aphids are stressing it? Then you're getting a bunch of fungal different problems, you know, happening after the fact. So, so what know, can I do now to try to release some stress? Because I, I trimmed the bushes. They were so, yeah. they looked like everyone was dead. And so I trimmed them back, and I haven't done anything other than that. Okay, so here's what I would recommend. I'd pick up some neem oil, okay? Um, I like that because neem oil kills the um, young stages of aphids and the adult. So with one spray, you can kill multiple stages, and you don't have to reapply as often. So the first thing I would do is I would spray them with neem oil. Now, obviously, it's an oil, so we want to spray at the end of the day on a cool evening with no thunderstorms in the forecast. Okay. Uh, so right at dusk, you know, spray the plants down. And then the big thing is just start watering the plants okay. once, twice a week. Give them Should I fertilize at all at this point, or is it kind of late in the season? We don't want to push any growth, really, necessarily. The water will be enough. Okay, these are well-established plants. You may find they start to leaf back out within a week or 10 days even. But uh, you can't overwater them. They're an established plant, so don't hesitate to give them even more. The more you water, the better they're going to do, the better they're going to come back. But I think unless we don't take care of the aphids, the aphids are probably still there. You know, you may not be able to see them. There are aphids from other plants. So. Right. Right. So let's get that aphid infestation under control, and I think you're going to see a huge, huge difference. And then starting off next spring when the foliage is clean again and the plant is, you know, not as stressed, 
what should I do as a preventative or, or just stay on top of the apices? My suggestion is let's just maybe do a preventative application. You probably know about Memorial time frame. You always start to see the aphids. And right. so, you know, either we can do a dormant application of that, that neem oil early before they leaf out. You know, or as soon as you start to see aphids, let's just do one application, keep them at bay, and you'll probably find the plant will do much better. Okay. Well, thank you very much. All right. Thanks a lot for the call. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be back with more from the Joy of Gardening on News Talk WLOB. Are you an organic gardener? Finally, there's a fast-working and effective all-organic insect control available from Bonide. Bonide's Captain Jack's Dead Bug Brew is the answer to all your garden insect problems. Captain Jack's works two ways, on contact and when the insect feeds. This will ensure that your insect problems are over. Captain Jack's controls all types of insects, including caterpillars, beetles, spider mites, boars, and more. Use it on vegetables, flowers, berries, trees, shrubs, and fruit. Captain Jack's all-organic insect control is available in easy-to-use dust, liquid concentrate, ready-to-use and ready-to-spray containers with built-in spray applicator. Pick up some Bonite Captain Jack's Dead Bug Brew today at your local independent garden centers of Maine. Visit maineigc.com or bonide.com. Arr. You can buy your plants and garden supplies almost anywhere. Wouldn't you rather come to your local garden center? We're the independent garden centers of Maine, working together to ensure you, the customer, gets the best quality advice and service. Visit us at MainIGC.com to see the closest IGC member near you, then stop by your local member garden center, where we'll help you select the best product for Maine's climate and soil. We work together to satisfy you. Visit us at MainIGC.com. Regular old mulch leaving your plants wanting more? Casella Organics Nutri-Mulch is a superior mulch for improving any landscape. Made in Maine from aged native bark and earth life compost, its dark color and rich texture are ideal for perennials, ornamentals, trees, and shrubs. Earthlife Nutri-Mulch is nutrient-stabilized with compost, so the bark doesn't compete with plants for nutrients. Visit CaselaOrganics.com or call 800-4-COMPOST for a source near you. Clearance sales at garden centers are a dime a dozen at the end of the growing season. But how about one in the middle of it? Estabrooks and Scarborough is closing for the season on Sunday, July 27th, and all in-stock items are now 40% off. With tons of plants at the height of their summer beauty, it's a great time to score a great deal. To learn more, visit Estabrooks and Scarborough or on the web at estabrooksonline.com. Estabrooks for the joy of gardening. Welcome back to the Joy of Gardening by Estabrook. I'm Tom Estabrook. Great question there before the break. You know, it simple things out in your landscape, you know, and how you take care of them can make a big impact on how your plants are doing. So if you have a question, give me a call, 775-1310 or 877-393-8255. Before the caller, we were talking about dust, okay, and why you use dust. And, you know, I, I hear time and time again, you know, customers saying, oh, I don't want that. My grandfather used that. That's, you know, and to be perfectly honest, nine times out of 10, I recommend a spray over a dust. 
I find it's easier. Uh, you know, personally, I don't like a dust all over my plants. You know, is that a concern? You know, you know, it's sitting on the plant. It rains. Where does it go? You know, all of those are concerns I've had. But what I will say is, in certain situations, a dust is a really good way to go. Now, for instance, I've had some problems on some of my vegetables. So I use some Captain Jack's as a dust. You know, I said, oh, I'm going to try this out because it's hot. I can't wait until night. There's such heavy feeding on my broccoli. I got to do something. You know, and we've talked about those little white moths, you know, that are flying around and you spray BT and all that. I just couldn't wait anymore. The little caterpillars, it was hot. It was three days of hot weather. I didn't hit them in the evenings. I looked out. I was like, oh, I got to do something. There's, you know, so I tried it and man, did it work great. You know, I was able to get out there in the hot part of the day, just dust the plants down, went back the next day. All the little caterpillars were, were taken care of. You know, everything was in good shape. You know, I was like, I got to talk about this on the radio show because I'm usually not the guy that recommends a dust. And obviously, Captain Jack's organic. It also can be used, you know, to get rid of uh, cutworm and some other things. So there's some uses there. So even this old dog found out a new trick, you know, great way to kind of take care of some problems in that summer heat. And I think it's a good way to kind of keep certain things at bay. So I'm going to start using it a little bit more on some, some problem plants I have. So Japanese beetles, you know, all kinds of problems out there. It seems to be a bad year so far. I mean, we've seen more in the garden center than I can remember in a lot of years. Uh, you know, sporadic. In my yard, they're hitting my perennial hibiscus pretty aggressively. I've had to kind of hit those a few times. A few annuals, but nothing too crazy. My beautiful beech tree's taking a little bit of a beating. Just the new tips, so I'm not too concerned. Hasn't been too bad yet. I've had some customers coming in with problems on lindens and... and uh, Stewardia also, you know, which is such an amazing plant this time of year in bloom and they're eating those blossoms up a little bit. So that's unfortunate, but they are active, very active right now. So keep, you know, your eye on all of that. So let's turn to the veggie garden because, man, what a year it is. So here's what's going on in my vegetable garden because we're just... It's getting into heavy harvest time now. So I've started harvesting tomatoes already, okay? I put some patio tomatoes in along with all the other varieties that I do. And those patio tomatoes, the nice part about them is they don't have to always be used on a patio. I like them because it's the first fruit I get. It's really early, and it's just darn tasty. I just like them. So we've picked some peppers. The broccoli's been amazing. Now... A lot of people are probably saying, how the heck do you have broccoli already? I've picked six head of broccoli already. And I'll tell you why I have broccoli early is because I put in big plants. I put in four and a half inch pots that we grow early. Okay. We grow them early so that you get an early harvest. Okay. I've, we've had six head of broccoli. They're all gone. The next crop's going to come on. And those were started from six-packs. So 
again, here's the thing that I've been talking to people about is buying different stages of plants, buying some that are small, some that are bigger. And so you get some treats along the way. You know, I didn't put a lot. I put six heads in. That's more than enough for my wife and I. We spread it out, you know, a little bit. And so a great, great situation. Summer squash and zucchini are coming on like gangbusters, this heat and humidity. Cucumbers are finally coming in and doing well. Peas, man, there's nothing better than fresh peas. Nothing. I'm sorry. I love them. You know, a little bit of salt, pepper, butter. Oh. And kale. Been having some kale salads. Nice addition to a salad. We've had some where we just completely replaced lettuce with kale. Very high in antioxidants. Really nice, different texture. Yum. Can you tell I'm really excited about my vegetable garden? I can't tell you how much. Now, without saying, I've had some problems too, okay? It's been a tough year, a tough battle this year with insect and disease, you know? So I've had some aphids on my lettuce. Uh, Powdery mildew has shown up on a couple squash plants, so I've been aggressively treating that. The cabbage worm... You know, on my broccoli was getting a little bit aggressive. Tomatoes, you know, anybody had that tomato hornworm show up yet? I haven't, but I do have some yellowing leaves, a little bit of lesions here or there. It's not blight. It's just from the weather and and a little water stress. We let them dry out a little bit too much. So again, that water stress. But keep your eye out for blight. We are seeing more and more signs of things showing up. And if you think that's the case, you know, use that mobile app. Take that picture. Email it to me. Let's take a look at it and make a call. We may want to remove those tomato plants now before we have a major problem later on in the season and a bunch of spores and other things going into the garden. My scallions looking amazing, but they're off color. So I've got to fertilize those. So if there's a few off-colored plants right now in this summer heat, you may think about doing a light fertilization. I'm going to use um, Garden Tone. Um, I like that. I'm just going to put a little bead right right along the side of the row and let Mother Nature kind of water it in. And the biggest thing that we've really been fighting are weeds. And I just wanted to talk about the weed factor because I think a lot of times we don't, talk about this, that weeds can be our biggest pest issue, okay? Now, obviously, if we get the garden cleaned up, we can use like a a nice straw like the Lucerne Farms, you know, and and straw out those those rows so that we don't get as many weeds. But the other thing is when we're applicating for a problem like powdery mildew or aphids or cabbage worm or whatnot, we also need to be concerned about the weeds and what type of insects are on those weeds, okay? So when you do take all those weeds out, where do they go? Do they go to the compost pile? Do they go to a pile just outside the garden? Well, if it's a pile just outside the garden, maybe that's where some of your insects are coming back from. You know, that plant's dying off and the insect's going, I got to go someplace else. So they start moving. So make sure that, you know, your weeds are somewhat cleaned up and also that you're putting them in a place where you can turn them into the pile. Okay, if you're putting them in the compost pile and or 
put them someplace where if there are a few insects, it's not really a big deal, okay? Getting them out of the garden is a good thing. Don't pile them up next to the garden, okay? So my vegetable garden, I feel I'm being fairly successful this year. We're getting some good yield. Uh, The only thing that I've kind of been a little disappointed is we really haven't had much for beans yet. It's been really slow. And uh, the first crop, I tried a new variety this year, and I, I'm, I'm not wild about it. I, I'm kind of thinking I'm going – my second crop, I went back to the old standby, bush beans. I did some pole beans. I don't normally do pole beans, but I, I kind of wanted to save some more space for some other stuff. But my second crop, I put in my old favorite, you know, Blue Lake bush beans, real simple – old-fashioned variety, always does well, and those look really good. But my pole beans, I'm kind of like, okay, hurry up already. You know, I'm ready for some fresh string beans. It's still early, you know, but I just keep looking at them going, oh, can't wait to have some string beans. And my wife loves string beans, so. So, if you have a question, give me a call, 775-1310 or 877-393-8255. I want to brush on another topic now because I noticed over the last couple of weeks a lot of crabgrass showing up out there whether it be in your garden whether it be in your lawn it is crabgrass season okay now now is the time if you don't want to do big applications of crabgrass preventer next year those pre-emergence all that stuff now's the time to treat and spot treat we don't have to treat everywhere, but spot treat, you know, um, and this this is a question, you know, we had from a customer. How do I get rid of my crabgrass in the summer? Do I use pre-emergence? Do I use post-emergence? How do I get rid of it so it's not a problem in the spring? Okay, so let's talk a little bit about the life cycle of crabgrass, okay? Crabgrass is an annual grass. It will die in the fall. But starting in July and August, it starts to throw its seed for next year, okay? So the trick is, how do I get it now before it sets seed? We're going to take a quick break, and we'll talk about more of that. You're listening to The Joy of Gardening on News Talk, WLOB. At Costa Maine Organic Products, we've known for a long time that plants love lobster just as much as people do. It's one of the reasons we started composting marine residuals back in 1996. And although we've had great success in getting gardeners and their plants hooked on lobster throughout New England, the Mid-Atlantic, and Midwest, the heart and soul of what we do is here in Maine. Plants love lobster because the calcium and chitin in the lobster shells break down in the composting process and become plant-ready food that help to make your plants strong and healthy. And of course, the plants don't use any butter, so they're even healthier. So support your local retailer and Maine's lobster industry by using Coast of Maine's Quaddy Lobster Compost in your garden. Coast of Maine, a lobster compost company. Approved for organic growers by the Maine Organic Farmers and Gardeners Association. Visit us at www.coastofmaine.com. Clearance sales at garden centers are a dime a dozen at the end of the growing season. But how about one in the middle of it? 
Estabrooks in Scarborough is closing for the season on Sunday, July 27th, and all in-stock items are now 40% off. With tons of plants at the height of their summer beauty, it's a great time to score a great deal. To learn more, visit Estabrooks in Scarborough or on the web at estabrooksonline.com. Estabrooks for the joy of gardening. Your garden was the talk of the neighborhood in May, but how does it look now? All it takes is a few fresh plants to return it to its springtime splendor. Even the hardiest plants can be battered down by rain and heat. Restore your garden with gorgeous annuals at the height of their beauty from Estabrooks in Yarmouth, Scarborough, or Kennebunk. All annuals, herbs, and flowering tropicals are now 30% off. To learn more, visit estabrooksonline.com. Estabrooks for the joy of gardening. You may not know it, but most lawn fertilizers actually spread chemicals and pesticides across your entire lawn. Until now, that's been the history of lawn care products. It's also why Espoma has developed an affordable, all-natural lawn program that is safe for kids and pets. The program consists of four organic fertilizers that are specifically formulated to keep your lawn green. Each product lasts two and a half times longer than traditional chemical products, and they won't burn your lawn or leach away. You already know Espoma as a name you can trust. They've been making organic plant foods like Holly Tone and Plant Tone for over 84 years. Imagine a great-looking lawn that you're not afraid to walk barefoot on. It's a whole new day in lawn care. Look for Espoma organic lawn food products wherever quality lawn and garden products are sold. And visit Espoma.com videos to learn more about organic lawn care. Espoma, a natural in the garden since 1929. Welcome back to the Joy of Gardening by Estabrook. I'm Tom Estabrook. Another lovely Saturday. Just a beautiful day out there. Looks like tomorrow we might get some thunderstorms, but, you know, overall, just great gardening weather. Lower humidity in the 80s. Beautiful. You know, still warm. Still warm to work out there, but I've been having a blast in my yard. So before the break, we were talking about crabgrass because all of a sudden, just a ton of crabgrass showing up in my yard. Specifically, along the edges of my driveway, walkways, in some of my gardens. So I wanted to kind of talk about it because now's the time that people usually don't notice it until it's thrown a whole bunch of seed. Now, some of the crabgrass is starting to throw seed already. But here's what you want to look for. When you look at your lawn, you want to look for the lightest yellow, you know, not yellow, but lightest green grass. A lot of times it's found in drought areas and it goes specifically very horizontal and out of a center, um, you know, crown and it will mat in and you'll also see it'll be light green and it will just vigorously grow very, very quickly. Okay. The best time to get rid of that is right when you see it and it's really small. At this point, probably it's not that small anymore. So. My suggestion is use a crabgrass preventer that is a spray at this time, okay? It's not going to kill your grass. You can spot treat only the areas that are the worst. You could dig it out. You know, if you can get it before it goes to seed, you've taken next year's seed away. So now is a perfect time to do some preventive maintenance. Now, will that leave some bare areas in your lawn? 
Sure. But fall's a great time to seed. So if you clean it up now in August and get rid of it, we can establish grass in there so that the crabgrass won't take take it back over. Then in the spring, if we need to, we could also use this spray to knock out any that we missed. But we're coming up on that time frame to really seed a lawn again. I say mid to late August is a great time to start. Okay, September is a great time. But if we do that prep now, we'll clean up some of those areas. We'll get them established and ready this fall. But doing that application now, you'll start to understand what I need to fix, what I need to get in there and do this fall. And that's kind of a topic I want to talk about a little bit because I hate to say it, but August is my month when I start getting ready for fall. I start thinking about those spots. You know, I've talked time and time and time again, thinking about those spots in the winter, thinking about that fall color I want to, I want to put in. Fall to me is as rewarding as spring in the garden. Just color, texture, additions to the garden, dividing plants. So now's the time where a lot of your perennials are in bloom, you know, in the either just passing bloom or are blooming in the summer. Now's the time to mark some of those clumps that you know you want to divide this fall. Mark them with their name so you don't forget, you know, whether it be, you know, Leucanthemum or Shasta Daisy or Monarda or Bee Balm, whatever it might be, so that you remember, hey, I need to do something about this plant. Because let's face it, July went by like a blink of an eye. And August will too. And we'll be in September and it'll be like, oh, it's time to cut stuff back. It's also time to start thinking about cutting some things back. If you've got some real uglies from spring, go ahead and cut them back. Add a mom in, add, you know, another summer annual in, you know, dress up some of those places. Maybe you got those baskets that are hanging on the porch that look terrible. Cut them back, plant them out in the garden. You know, and I'm talking cut them back. Don't be bashful. Prune them right back. Take them out of the pot. Plant them in a bigger container. Put them in the garden. Give them a little bit of fertilizer. Boom. Beautiful summer color the rest of the fall. So reuse some of the things. If you've got big containers on your deck and they're looking so great, pop them out of the pot, rip them apart, cut it back, plant some of those out in the garden. I know it sounds really, like, mean, but plants like to be pruned back. Now, not every plant, but a lot of them do. So combination of a whole bunch of these things. Time to get ready for fall. Now, some things that I noticed in my yard that are showing up, and this also leads into another question, because when I get these questions, I kind of go out and I look also at our plants, whether it be at the garden center in the gardens, at my home, at friends' homes. So here's another question. My rhododendron and azalea are all speckled. The leaves are speckled. My new growth looks completely beautiful. What seems to be the problem Is this an insect? Is it a disease? What's going on with my rhododendron? We've talked about this a few times in the past also. This is lace bug, okay? Shows up, speckled leaves, 
Not going to kill the plant nine times out of ten, but just makes the old foliage look really unsightly. Now, can also move to the new foliage also. Kind of a pain bug, but not, I don't get too worked up about it. I have a rhododendron at my house that has it. I will spray for it, but it's not a huge concern unless it's unsightly to you. So, lace bug gives you that, it's almost like this um, salt and pepper on your old foliage, okay? More salt than pepper, because it's white little dots. And a lot of people will think, well, it's spider mite, or it's this, or it's that. Nine times out of ten, it's lace bug, okay? So, we can use just a neem oil, you know, or, um, you know, a, a horticultural oil works really well, too. I tend to want to do it in the spring, but a fall application is not a bad idea either. And I know I'm starting to talk a lot about fall, but I'm always a season ahead. I'm trying to tell you about the things that need to come up and talk about and do in the garden coming up. So we're going to start talking a lot about, you know, some of those things that kind of show up in the garden. I hope you're ready for fall. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be back with more for the Joy of Gardening on News Talk WLOB. sales at garden centers are a dime a dozen at the end of the growing season. But how about one in the middle of it? Estabrooks and Scarborough is closing for the season on Sunday, July 27th, and all in-stock items are now 40% off. With tons of plants at the height of their summer beauty, it's a great time to score a great deal. To learn more, visit Estabrooks and Scarborough or on the web at estabrooksonline.com. Estabrooks for the joy of gardening. Your garden was the talk of the neighborhood in May, but how does it look now? All it takes is a few fresh plants to return it to its springtime splendor. Even the hardiest plants can be battered down by rain and heat. Restore your garden with gorgeous annuals at the height of their beauty from Estabrooks in Yarmouth, Scarborough, or Kennebunk. All annuals, herbs, and flowering tropicals are now 30% off. To learn more, visit estabrooksonline.com. Estabrooks for the joy of gardening. Regular old mulch leaving your plants wanting more? Casella Organics Nutri-Mulch is a superior mulch for improving any landscape. Made in Maine from aged native bark and earthlife compost, its dark color and rich texture are ideal for perennials, ornamentals, trees, and shrubs. Earthlife Nutri-Mulch is nutrient-stabilized with compost, so the bark doesn't compete with plants for nutrients. Visit CaselaOrganics.com or call 800-4-COMPOST for a source near you. You know, if I could just find one product that would control my insect problems on my house plants, around the outside of my house, on my lawn, in my flower beds, and my vegetable garden. Hmm. Ma'am, Bonide has the answer. What? Bonide's 8 insect control is effective against more than 100 insects that destroy trees, shrubs, lawns, flowers, vegetables, and fruit. Use 8 to eliminate ticks, fleas, ants, and other home-invading pests. It can even be used indoors on houseplants. Wow. 8 kills on contact and repels insects for up to 30 days. 8 is available in dust, 
Concentrate, and in convenient, ready-to-use and ready-to-spray formulations with built-in hose and sprayer. Really? Find Bonide 8 Insect Control at your local independent garden centers of Maine. Visit MaineIGC.com or Bonide.com. Thank you, ma'am, for your time. Thank you. Whether it's pest management, improving your soil, treating diseases, or simply staying ahead of the weeds, gardening can often feel like a lot of work. Finding great local advice that's timely and helpful doesn't have to be. Sign up for the Estabrooks Garden newsletter, and you'll receive gardening tips, in-depth articles, and great deals every week right in your email inbox. It's the perfect way to stay ahead in the garden and save big on your next visit. To learn more and sign up, visit estabrooksonline.com. Estabrooks, for the joy of gardening. Welcome back to the Joy of Gardening by Estabrooks. I'm Tom Estabrook. Another great Saturday, and we're talking about fall. I know, fall. It's August, basically, is what I'm... I'm I'm looking ahead, and, you know, I don't want to keep beating a dead horse here, but the one thing I wanted to talk about on fall is also now's a good time to start getting into your garden center again. Okay, I know it's still summer, but even if you're not ready to plant yet, and you ha- you know after the kids get back in school, you're going to have a little more time. You're going to decide you want to do a fall project. I've had a lot of customers coming in with landscape projects now and talking, sitting down, talking with me. You know, we have time to go over plant lists, talk about substitutions, order material for fall for you. We are starting to bring in our fall material already. Okay, so we freshened up. We're adding new material each week to the garden center. And the reason I want you to come and visit any independent garden center is now is the time to talk to us about that special tree you want. Can we order it for fall? A lot of the plants that we buy in are now available. The spring 2015 plants now are big enough they're rooted, they're ready to ship, and they'll start selling next year's crop. So a lot of new items also are coming on availability over the next few weeks. So come in, talk to us, okay? Let's start planning for some of those special spots. Maybe look at some of the things that are on special already. You might find a gem in there that's a really good value. Specifically, lilacs come to mind, you know, because we had a really tough spring, you know, some of the spring plants, you know, like we have a few extra quints left. We've got some persithia left. We've got some, uh, some lilacs that normally we don't have this time of year, you know, dark purple lilacs. We never have this time of year and we've got good numbers on them because it was a cold spring and all of you got kind of going a little bit later. So there are some really nice gems and varieties that normally we don't see at this time of year. So think about adding some of those this fall for that spring color, you know, or just looking at what's going to add to your yard in the fall. Now is a good time to look at all those hydrangeas there in bloom. So, you know, start visiting the garden center because there's a lot of new fresh material arriving. And there's also some, you know, you can add some of those color items in 
maybe your garden's kind of looking a little bit on the downside because you have uh, your most gardens in Maine are very strong through say mid June. Then we get into July and August, things aren't as colorful because you're not typically in a shopping and gardening mood in July and August. Now's a great time, daylilies. If you want to see the color of daylilies on the bench right now, it's tough to tell by the tags, but now they're all in bloom. So you can really see which ones are going to match up appropriate with the other plants you have in your garden. So enough about fall. It's coming. It's going to be a topic we're going to continue to talk about. I just want to finish up the day here talking about Scarborough again. I want to thank everyone for all their support. I want to thank all of our customers for supporting all three of our stores. Last day tomorrow, Sunday the 27th, till 6 o'clock, and then Scarborough is done. 40% off everything in the store, okay? And again, we've shipped a lot of stuff in there. Stuff has been going very quickly. And I want to thank everybody for their support. Uh, From the bottom of our heart, my whole family, we really have enjoyed the last seven years it's been a great location for us. It's unfortunate that we're closing because I know there's a lot of sad people out there in that market, but we're just going to have to get you to travel a little bit farther. It's not that far to Yarmouth. It's not that far to Canapunk. You know, we're 15, 20 minutes either side. It's really easy. We're easy to find. I particularly, everyone should visit Yarmouth. It really is a wonderful store. A lot of things in store there. We're going to have a whole heck of a lot of new things, upgrading some of our other things in, in the other stores in the near future, make some investments back in, make the place even better than it already is. But last but not least, thank you. It's really been a great ride. Stop in, say goodbye to the staff. Most of them are moving to the other stores. A lot of our staff is moving to the other stores. So they're not leaving. They're just going to be going to another store, either Yarmouth or Kennebunk, to help you and continue working hey look out that window get off the couch get out there enjoy your garden enjoy the rest of your weekend and we'll talk to you soon wlobportland and wlobradio.com